0: Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Have you considered what God's eternal perspective is on your calling? Do you think God's expectations are any different than it was for the initial converts? Do you believe Jesus' commands communicated to his disciples and in his word applies to you? Have you ever noticed God's commands are in the present tense? Do you think you could justify that His eternal Word only applied then and it does not apply to you today? Could it be that you does apply to you regardless of where you stand on the linear line of time? God's purpose for discipleship is to be the way of life for His disciples, not like a trinket you add to your wardrobe. If discipleship requires work, what's the work? You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life, Your Labor of Love. When God makes you a disciple of Jesus, he expects you to live out his calling with the same intentionality and purpose as Jesus did when he was making disciples. You can believe that. Jesus made disciples so the truth of the only true God can be passed on throughout the linear line of time and discipleship is the doing which is more than hearing and doing nothing with what you are hearing. I'm telling you the truth. Please know, discipleship making is part of the will of the Father. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention to you that those who proclaim to be Christians yet fail to do the will of the Father need more than a cold drink for their future. Believe that. If you question this truth, then spend some time in Matthew 7, and you tell me what Jesus told them when he said the three most horrifying words any creature could ever hear. And I pray that you will not be one of those thems who do. Amen? Well, as we dive back into Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, and 20, you got to know in order to make disciples, you've got to be involved with other people. Are you discipling as the Spirit of God leads you? Or are you journeying alone hoping you will be good enough and that God will allow you into his presence? This is why I was inspired to title this segment as Discipleship, the Way of Life. Because discipleship is the way of life. And as a disciple of Jesus, it's your labor of love to God for what he has done for you through the labor of one of his disciples. Amen? So let's dive back into the Great Commission. It's Matthew 28:19 and 20. We'll be in the start of verse 20, but verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo... I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You have already heard two of the three commands by Jesus, go and baptize. Now we'll talk about teaching them. So did you ever think that teaching them is also a command of Jesus? There is no question. There is no request. It's a command, teaching them. Many are deceived to believe just being nice to people and have some fellowship with others and go to church, and that will confirm you're living a Christian life. But I'm here to tell you there's more, so much more to being a disciple of Jesus than being a nice person, fellowship, and going to church. It has to be. Why do you think there are so few disciples? Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 9, 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So... If that's the case, and the workers are few, in order to be a disciple, you must be a worker. And work entails doing something, and teaching is that something. Are you teaching anyone the truths of God? Are your conversations focused on the truth of God and His ways? Do you mention God other than on Sundays? or only mention him when something bad may happen and you exclaim, oh my God. God has entrusted souls to your care. How are you teaching them? And who and what, do tell, are you using as your guide? Your teaching of them is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Your teaching them is what discipleship is to look like and be lived out. You are to be the model of the words of God in action, and His words come alive in you. When you are teaching them, you're teaching them how to love. You're teaching them about God's unending love. Without God's love flowing through you, you'll be able to care for someone without a question. But it will fall far short of the love of God they can experience through you. Teaching them about God's forgiveness and how forgiveness is one powerful expression of love. And it begins the healing process and that's when it's put into action. There's your doing. Teaching them about deliverance. The deliverance from bondage and sin and death. It's teaching them what sin is and how everyone born of the seed of Adam has it and need for deliverance of it. Teaching them about salvation and what salvation is and where it comes from. Teaching them about God's infinite power, his perfect knowledge of all things past, present and future. And it's not being hell bound by these temporal boundaries. You're teaching them about God's grace and situations could never be so good that you would be beyond the need of God's grace, nor could it ever be so bad that you would be beyond the reach of his grace either. You're teaching them about God's word and that it is the absolute truth in a world full of sin and darkness, and it is the only truth that will renew your mind, and it's the only means to truly learn of the only true God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. You're teaching them about God, the Holy Spirit, and it's by the Spirit's power in work, enabling you, the disciple, to complete the work of God in and through humanity just like jesus it's teaching them that you are learning about the only true god and it's by god that you've gained this power understanding discernment wisdom knowledge this is from god this isn't something that you just developed since you were born you're teaching them that your learning is about the only true God. This would be why Jesus uses the word teaching. It's an ongoing process as your vocation as a disciple of Jesus. You just don't come into discipleship and then you grow out of it. There is no promotions. You're a disciple of Jesus forever. And as one, you're like him, begin teaching them. And the thems are the ones God has ordained for you to teach. You're teaching them that a disciple of Jesus lives by his commands out of love for him. You're teaching them that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. So if you're teaching them, then what is your model you're using? What are your bona fides? You're teaching them by example of how to live by God's word and truths. And the perfect example of teaching them is none other than Jesus. Now I know there are many books that suggest how to live like a disciple, mine included. And I guess I could stick a plug in here and say that would be walking the way, discipling everywhere with a fresh set of eyes. But it is not and will never and nothing compares to what God says and lives out for his disciples to follow. Believe that. And there are a lot of great authors out there. But you don't want to live your life as a disciple of Jesus through the eyes, heart, ears, and feet of someone else. You want this intimate personal relationship of discipleship on your own. You want to see the evidence? Then look for God's Spirit being alive and working. That's your proof. So let's look at a great example of how to make disciples. Believe me, there are many in God's word. But the one I love is on the road to Emmaus because Jesus modeled how to disciple. But again, you must be in his word studying his actions and meditating on his words in order to replicate it. You cannot replicate, excuse me, you cannot replicate this life of discipleship by happenstance. This has got to be intrinsic in your nature, in how you are and who you are in Jesus. But listen to how Jesus discipled these two men on the road to Emmaus. Now, you'll find this wonderful work of God in, in the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 34. But I'm not going to read it all, but I just want to spend some time in Luke 24. And, and, and you need to read it, and it will bless your life, and you'll be able to see how Jesus does it. I think we get caught up with a lot of things that are being said and information, but Jesus is about the doing. You gotta be doers of the word. Read James, he'll tell you that truth. I would like to focus on just a few key passages and you'll see how God does it. And it is really easy to do, but the truth, you just gotta wanna do it. You just gotta wanna live this life as a disciple of Jesus. You just gotta want to. It's got to mean everything to you. It cannot be something that you just stick on your lapel and call yourself a disciple. It is in you, coming out of you like a wellspring of living water. Verse 15, while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. So as a disciple of Jesus, you must approach and begin to walk with them. Withdrawing from people because they're different than you, or they may not dress like you, nor work in the same industry as you, and you can put all of them up there. But regardless of anything, regardless of race, regardless of creed, regardless of religion... You approach and begin the journey. That's your traveling. So you approach them and journey along with them. Listen to verse 16. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? Jesus engages people. He doesn't just walk alongside, maybe even go any other way. But he was intentional with his engagement. You engage them and you meet them where they are. They were on the road to Emmaus and Jesus met them there. He didn't have to invite them to the synagogue because he is the word made flesh. He is the perfect example. He is the means for this eternal life. You should have this passion. You should have this fire burning within you, and you become God's living word in action if his words are alive in you. Now, I know I'm probably yelling. I apologize. But I'm telling you, this is, this is something that has to be on fire within your soul This isn't a head game. This isn't head knowledge. This is heart, spirit, soul, mind, and strength. This is God's word alive in his disciples. So you engage with them, asking questions to gain understanding opens the opportunity for dialogue. It's not trying to impress anyone, it's truly loving them and sharing the truth of God with them. Listen to what verse 19 says and i mean jesus is amazing he just does basic things and here we are trying to be sophisticated disciples let's be basic disciples because that's where the truth of god truly comes through was it wasn't very complicated look at god's word it ain't really complicated now names could be difficult i kid you not but listen to what he says and he said to them what things i mean what things? As a disciple of Jesus, asking questions to confirm what they know or don't know, what they understand or don't understand, always giving them the opportunity to communicate freely and openly to your listening heart, ears, and spirit. I've got to get a drink. Excuse me. Ugh, I'm on fire. To cool off just a bit as you as a disciple of Jesus are living in total dependence on the spirit of God because you entered into their atmosphere and listen to this and finally Luke 24 27 then beginning with Moses and all the prophets he explained to them they would be the them you heard in the great commission them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Jesus didn't need to hunt for God's truth because he is the truth. He didn't need to learn a way to dialogue with a new convert because Jesus is the way. And he didn't need to send them to a place to discover what eternal life is because Jesus is the life. You want to be like him, then start hanging out with him. Then you will learn of him. And then, because he's God, he will begin to make you like himself. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about an intimate relationship with God. God loves that. He wants you to be like him. You just got to want to be like him. Because he can, and you were, and now you are, one of them. So if you're one of them and now you're one of the disciples, then you got to be like a disciple. You can't just be kind of existing in this vocation, this life change, this new creature, you got to be a worker. So you see all of God's word applies to the disciples walk because Jesus explained himself and all the scriptures. So when everybody says something don't apply, don't believe them, move away, because all of it applies. And the life of the new convert will be the same as you when you were a convert and they become the next disciple. And. God's word goes on and on and on. Your spiritual work as a disciple of Jesus is far more important than your job. I get the job and the expenses and all that stuff. He says that too. You can read about that as well. It is not your J-O-B that will confirm your salvation and save you from God's wrath. You can believe that. It will be the confirmation of the spirit of God living and working in you and you begin to making disciples and as a worker you respond to God's calling of discipleship and live out the teaching them all throughout God's word disciples have been teaching just like Jesus taught them and if you're not being taught the truths of God then what are you ingesting And if you're ingesting something other than God's truths, will it provide you with the spiritual nourishment you need for your soul so you can endure and persevere to the end? Jesus taught on a plethora of topics, and each topic applies to God and humanity. I will only touch on a few, but as a disciple of Jesus, you should know what your rabbi is teaching and pay attention to what he is teaching and how he's doing it. Because then you're learning from the best. You're learning from God. I mean, I don't care whatever professor and what rank they have. I appreciate intellectual knowledge. No question about it. But no one, I mean, man's intelligence is foolishness to God. That's in there too. You got to make sure you bring your pencil the next time you sit down with him. And I can guarantee you, You're gonna learn something. And just a word of encouragement, if you bring your pencil, bring something to write on, because then you're demonstrating faith that God will speak. You're foolish, don't believe me, don't do it. But if you believe me, and you do, and you sit down, because I will pray that God will move like he has in my life, and you'll have something to write down. And now the question is, What you write down, you better do it. Then that really responds to responding to God's prompting. Listen to what Jesus taught on. Jesus taught on the kingdom of God, he taught where it was and how to locate it. He talked about God's desires for his disciples to grasp, understand, and live in the spiritual versus only in the physical. He taught on the significance of spiritual life, that it could only be found in the only true God. He talked about the kingdom of God as boundless and endless. He taught on God the Spirit, and as disciples of Jesus, you must worship God in spirit and in truth. He talked about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He taught on the greatest commandment. You can find it. When he first wrote it in Deuteronomy 6, 5, and he repeated it in Matthew 22, 37. If you don't know what it is, this is what it is. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. He talked about the purpose and power of prayer, the expression of love through forgiveness, and how to lay down your life in total submission to God. He talked about serving others. He taught on The eternal existence of love. And his teachings go on and on and on and on. Just like they will be going on and on forever. So you'll be learning as a disciple for all of eternity. Because there's so much to know. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flowers fade. But the word of God stands forever. You're teaching them. It has to be more than what you know yourself. It has to be about God, his will, his ways, his character, his nature, his love, his faithfulness, his judgments, his ordinances, and his commands. I mean, that should take a lifetime just doing that. And I don't know how many days we have, but it sure could fill it up if you just focused on those things. And there's just so much more. And I hope you welcome or at least expect this statement because I'm sure you've heard it almost in every one of my podcasts, if not all, excuse me, Godcast, because I don't do podcasting. That's what the other people do. How can you, when you are not reading, studying and meditating on God's word, because it's an eternal word and it's the best word you could ever read. I truly believe the disconnect in our culture today is when anyone does not personalize God's word. I really don't know why they don't, but I expect that that may be a way to avoid being accountable to God. But what they don't really know is they're already accountable to God because he made himself known to everyone. Believe that. But I would like to challenge you today When you read God's word, put your name in, and when God does say you, just think and say me. And I bet at that moment you will no longer ignore God's specific commands as his disciple to you. And when you're attending service and you're raking notes, then use me or I versus generalizing and keeping it separate from yourself. God has entrusted a spiritual life under your guidance, your discipleship, and you are accountable to God for them. Just like Jesus is accountable to the Father for his disciples. And as disciples of Jesus, you are to witness to God's work in and through your life as a portion of your teaching is sharing how God has changed your life and delivered you from the domain of darkness and made you a new creature, put his spirit in you, and caused you to begin walking the way. Don't you want to proclaim that? Isn't that something amazing that's happened in your life? I it should be greater than... You know, your new car, your house, your new job, or the funds you have, or the places you travel in this world. These things are going away. The only thing you have to hold on to is your spirituality. How mature are you as a disciple? You are teaching as you are led by the spirit and you depend completely on him to give you the discernment and understanding as you instruct the spirit of God imparts the godly wisdom to you. Oh, My goodness, I have to stop for a second. My heart is pounding. I just gotta, gotta stop for a minute. Remember, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen is the Great Commission, and a key word in it is go. So you have been commanded to, by God to set out to move and complete the disciple work God has appointed for you to do. Have you left, or are you still waiting? And if you're waiting, I hope you're not waiting for God to move you. You should be moving because God's work in your life and what he has entrusted you to do as his disciple should be enough motivation that you should move. So as we get ready to kind of uh, wrap this up, I just want to tell you this. If God expected his initial converts to give their life as a calling of God to be and make disciples, I expect God's point of view and expectations are still the same today because he ain't changed a bit. You can believe that. And here's the truth to support it. And that way, there'll be no arguments because God said this. Hebrews thirteen eight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Well, that tells me he hasn't changed. So if he gave the Great Commission to the initial disciples and they gave it to the next disciples and they gave it to the next disciples and this discipling process has been going on throughout the history of this world, then are you a disciple? Then that applies to you because he hasn't changed. So if he hasn't changed, that would mean his expectations are still the same. So you need to be self-disciplined if you're expecting them to be discipled. You will be walking with them and you need to be the example of the disciple that God has called you to be. It will take all of it because the them you will encounter will be spiritually dead and you'll be bringing spiritual life. They will be walking in darkness And you're bringing the light of Jesus to them. There'll be those of them who have no hope. And you're bringing the hope that does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through God, the Holy Spirit. You will bring love to them who are bound up in bitterness and hatred in their hearts. You see how important it is to explain God's heart to those thems that God the Holy Spirit leads you to or he brings to you so that you too can begin to make disciples? As we head back up, take a few points with you. In order to teach the truth of God, you must know the truth of God. And when intentional eye contact occurs, engagement's not far behind. Are you intentional on living out your calling as a disciple of Jesus? And you will be equipped for every good work. Trust God. Because God promises He will carry His will out in your life. And it takes disciples to make disciples. And the word make means effort and effort means toil, exertion, energy, determination, struggle, and labor. You have commitment, resolve, fortitude, endurance, and perseverance. And lastly, think of this. Teach them that you were once like them, lost and needed to be found, sick and needed a physician, dead and made alive, broken and needed healing, blind, and needed to see, amen? And God through his love, mercy, and grace gave life to you so you now can go and make disciples and then they now go and make disciples. Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, I know they need fire bring forth your fire. Kindle a burning in their hearts to move and do the will of the Father. This world is spiraling out of control, that there are opportunities and there are those who need to hear the gospel. Empower, raise them up. Bring forth that truth in your men, in your women, who are the disciples you call today to do the will of the Father. I thank you for this opportunity to proclaim this good news. Thank you for this opportunity just to share the work and will of God is being carried out in my life. I thank you for today. I thank you for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. If I yelled a bit, I ask for your forgiveness because it is fire, believe me. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.